Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back day two of the ABC Called to Council Conference 2021. And uh, this year has been absolutely fun. And as I've said, every podcast since we've been here, Shauna and Jeremy are not going to be with us pretty much for every podcast that we do here because they are busy. Uh, Shauna's running around making sure everything and the event's going well, that the speakers are taken care of, that everybody's engaged, having a good time. But uh, as we've continued to do in these podcasts, we have uh, amazing special guests. We do have a special guest, but we have a veteran guest with us. That's right. Greg Wilson, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing well. And, and Jeremy and Shauna are absolutely killing it at <laughs> yeah. uh, making sure everybody's engaged and yeah. doing well. So yeah. they're doing great. Yeah, they are. And uh, again, for those of you um, who just may be tuning in, uh, Jeremy actually... Um, came down with uh, with COVID and yeah. uh, he's been out of pocket for quite some time, which is another reason why uh, Speak the Truth has been out of pocket for a couple of months. Um, but thankfully, he's here. Uh, the Lord has uh, just continued to give him strength and endurance to, uh, to, to just be here. Um, and thankfully, he's been just overwhelmingly blessed with just the presence. And I can only imagine um, what he was experiencing because he was in pretty rough shape. Yeah, he was hospitalized. for and, that brother for sure. Yeah. Um, it's so good to see him walking around and uh, kind of back in the land of the living, so to speak. Yeah, the, literally. literally. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he was doing. Um, so yeah. So again, if you guys could just be praying for Jeremy uh, as you think of him and uh, just that his health would continue to, to increase and uh, be 100% because, again, uh, COVID has hit. I mean, we had COVID. Sean and I had COVID back in um, back in December. And, I mean, we were out of commission for 30 days. I mean, we weren't hospitalized or whatever. But it just, yeah, it, it hits the lungs. And, it, yeah. I mean, it takes a good couple of months to, to be fully recovered. For so sure. just be lifting him up. But um, at any rate, uh, we've got Greg with us this morning. Um, and really, you know, last – 2019, Greg, when we did yeah. the podcast – last time. I'm just kind of talking about domestic abuse and just understanding uh, just the desecration of the image of God and and providing uh, just a a very robust definition uh, for abuse and understanding what it is. And um, we're here because he's wrote an amazing book and collaborated with Jeremy Pierre, uh, When Home Hurts, which is a guide for responding wisely to domestic abuse in your church, which is pretty apropos because I just got done doing a podcast with Darby and, you know, is it abuse? And some of the things that we were talking about, obviously, in the context of the church, um, what does that look like? And we were talking about the types in her part two of the book. What are the different types of abuse and obviously spiritual and sexual abuse, uh, which is probably predominantly where the types of abuse live in the church? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're so all across the board, right? Every kind of abuse that Darby talks about in that book is found in the church, right? Every kind of abuse. And so we wanted, Jeremy and I had a passion to write a book that was, as the subtitle says, a guide for church members, church leaders, friends, family members, even people who are in the experience. So I would hope that uh, a victim or even a perpetrator of abuse would would pick this up. There there are things in in this book that I think can be helpful for them to understand just in terms of the process of walking through this. But primarily, this is written for the people helpers, primarily for, again, church leaders 
leaders, friends, family members to come alongside someone and uh, be able to provide that that help and that care. And so basically, we divide the book up into three sections. Yeah. And so that first section, how to is, understand abuse? Yeah, that's is, is that's that's the part where we're we're doing a little bit of the work that Darby did, that Darby devoted an entire book to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so and so we're just doing a little bit of the groundwork there because you can't, brushing the foundation a little bit. Right. You can't assume up. that the person who yeah. picks up this book knows anything about yeah. abuse. They're it's, probably not going to have a domestic abuse library. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And 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 this may they may not have read Darby's book, although yeah. they should. Yeah. Um, but yeah. they may not have yet. This may be the first book that they pick up. And so we want to do a little bit of groundwork, theological, yeah. biblical yeah. Uh, groundwork on what is abuse from uh, abuse from a biblical and a theological perspective. And then the second two sections, so the second section and the third section, what we want to do is just take a deep dive into what it looks like to care for someone both in the short term. That's the second section of the right. book. And then in the longer term, one of the things, and you remember this from when we talked about this in 2019 and other conversations yeah. that you and I have had about this. Topic. West Virginia cohort. What? I know that's right. <laughs> um, if you are walking with someone in an abuse situation, whether yep. it's the victim or the perpetrator, yep. it is going to be a long walk. Yep. Um, and so, well, what, what was that? What was the adage? You can't think in days and weeks. You got to think in months and years. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, given to me by my pastor, uh, who yeah, actually right. was sharing that uh, that with uh, a, a person that he knew who was um, a, an, an abusive yep. person, mm-hmm. and he basically said to uh, his friend in that situation, "You can't think. You're thinking in terms of days and weeks, brother. You got to start thinking in terms of months and years. In yeah. terms of like what this walk is going to be like for you. Yeah, no, that's good because even you know, just to even bring it back to the conference for a moment, you know." really the, the the focal point the the focal point for uh, the you know the conference is first Thessalonians 514 you know where Paul's talking about just the really the dynamics of shepherding you know admonishing some yeah. encouraging others but regardless right. of the dynamic and approach we're to be patient. patient and what's interesting when you think about that oftentimes when we think about being patient we reduce being patient into to a moment or an event not a process yeah you know, because right. it does fall under the sanctification category. I mean, that's, that's right. really what it is. Yeah. And so for your, for your, you know, for your friend to, you know, to just crystallize that reality in that statement it is really kind of, you know, obviously what you're, you're kind of getting into here, because not only are you doing that, you know, to your point in section two, caring for the victim, but there's also this process of confronting the abuser. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of things at play and, and, you know, obviously Greg, you can speak to this, uh, cause not only do you have your own private practice, uh, but you also, you know, have been a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so you understand obviously those varying dynamics, but, um, man, there's so many, varying dynamics in the local church, whether, you know, you've got, you know, bigger, large group environments, smaller group environments, where these conversations aren't just going to, I would even argue, probably not organically going to happen because the people are purposefully not going to want to talk about them and avert everything that they can that would possibly expose it. That's right. Yeah. And, and that's, Again, going back to the first section of the book for a second, that's part of what our our desire was in the first uh, part of the book was to help people helpers, help church members see the dynamics of abuse, see the difference between what we call sins of just uh, mistreatment of yeah. someone else yeah. versus uh, sins that are actually abuse, the difference between um 
you know, me before you trying to give preference to oneself, which we yeah. know is also, you know, sinful yeah. uh, in a, in a yep. relational context. But there's a difference between that kind of preferential sin and then abuse, which yeah. is me over you, yep. right? Yep. Which is this more of a domineering kind of thing. And so we try to make make it really clear, you know, this is what this is what we're talking about. This is what you're looking for. Because often what will happen is abuse will be disclosed over a period of time. Yeah. It's not that someone just walks in to home group, you know, or whatever and says, I think I'm being abused. That happens, but it's much more rare. Right. You know, what's, what's, uh, and far more discreet. Yes. Like it's not, yeah. Right. What's, what's more likely to be the case is that someone's going to talk to a friend or a family member or a home group leader or member and they're going to say, is this normal? Like, yeah. uh, there's something, there's a dynamic going on between me and my husband. I just don't think, it doesn't seem like it's the dynamic between you and your husband. Right. Uh, or between most of like the other normal. people. Right. And and so, but, but they don't even often know that it's not normal. They're asking the question. They're like, is this normal? You know, like they're, they're coming to you and Shauna and they're saying, it doesn't seem like you guys have this dynamic, but I just have to tell you because the dynamic that they're talking about is happening behind closed doors, right? It's not what they, what they exude when they come to home group or when they come to church or when they're out in public. Yeah. So this person is revealing a dynamic that is largely private and they're, they're bringing it out and they're going to probably bring it out in waves. So they're probably not even going to talk about the most egregious sins right. initially. They're going to talk you about stick the, on the light stuff. Yeah. They're going to talk about the ones cause, cause what they're wondering that whether you and Shauna are going to do when they're talking to you about this is they're wondering if when you hear that, you're going to say, yeah, that is really weird. And then you're like back off from them. Right. As opposed to, yeah, tell me more about that. Help me understand. Yeah. That doesn't sound right, but like, help me understand more of the dynamics of what are going in. And the more you lean in yeah. and, and then there becomes this extended conversation. And then that's what we're talking about in section two, right? So once that extended conversation starts, now we're in section two, yeah. specifically the part of section two that's about caring for victims, yeah. right? Because as you know, from reading the book and our previous conversations, one of the things that we're going to say is we're going we're gonna to care for that victim first. Yeah. There are some things that we need to do, listening to her, taking that's her story seriously. Seriously, yeah. right. Um, making sure that she's safe and that there's a safety plan in place. And again, we lay all that out in uh, in the chapter on, you know, caring for victims in yeah. the immediate aftermath of a disclosure. Yeah. But we we want to do that work first before we do any kind of engagement with the perpetrator. And so and then that's what would come next in the shorter term care consideration is engagement with the perpetrator. And then even considering any, uh, you know, any potential like collateral damage as far as yeah. like children in the home or things like that also yeah. have to be considered. No, that's really good. So, so really, uh, with that being said, Greg, so functionally, yeah, right, um, and what this looks like executably in the church, where it's like if you, you know, we alluded to earlier, you know, small group leaders or so, you know, if a husband and a wife, you know, and they've, they have a home group and, you know, they've got five or six families coming into their home and kind of to that point that you mentioned earlier where they're noticing difference in dynamic. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing is when you're around people enough, you can tell when they're 
on not necessarily out of character, but they're kind of not consistent you in their pick posture. Pick up on those subtle. Yeah, cues. yeah. There's yeah. They they kind of look a little forlorn, or they just have this kind of you know this disposition and, um, and this pensive look on their face, or they're That's kind right. of a they're distant. So that yeah, there's some level of distraction there. Um, and so for 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 really the you know the husband and the wife, much to what you were saying, Greg, what would be super helpful you know in the church is to have copies of uh, books like this to where you know when we do when we do um, small group leaders training where it's far more robust than just like learning how to engage or facilitate a small group discussion. Like those are obviously helpful. um, But the reality is when we're actually getting into at least entry level soul care, um, these are the types of things that we're looking at to where when you see inconsistencies and postures with or dynamics in couples, that may that may raise a a yellow flag, maybe in this case, right, or red flag, or whatever. But then, at least to the to the to the wife, where the you know the the wife and husband are both read up on this, and they they've got a, a just a general level understanding of this, or they can at least begin to see it. So they have this level of intentionality to where the wife can then go to the woman and just start a conversation. Maybe it happens at Starbucks, you know, That's they're right. meeting one on one because you know small groups are encouraged to meet outside of the small group too. Yeah, you know what I mean. So just being able to think through. How how you can apply these sorts of books like Greg's uh, and, and Jeremy's here just to be able to, it's one thing to read the book and sit on it and not do anything with it. Yeah. In other words, what's the purpose of that? Right. Um, so be be active in your reading and in and, and focusing in on this because th- these books, these guys have spent a lot of time, obviously in their private practice to help inform and help the local church to come alongside the local church um, because this is where this stuff lives, kind of like the title of the book, When Home Hurts, and it does hurt. Yeah. The question is, do we recognize it as the bride of Christ, one yes. anothering, because th- that's the dynamic and context in which we're going to be able to be intentional and see these things, Yeah. because it's not going to, as you alluded to earlier, it's not going to just be, they're not going to just voluntarily address it or, hey, I'm being abused. It's just not going to happen. That was our hope with the book. Both of the things that you mentioned just just then. So just to summarize, because you did a great job, two things. One is we definitely hoped that the book would be used as a training resource in churches for home group leaders, for pastors, that that they would read the book before they need it. That's Brad Hambrick, who did uh, one of the endorsements for the book. What up, Brad? Yeah, (laughs) actually said, read it before you need it. I think that that's good advice, right? So to have read it and we have diagrams and charts and and we really try to lay out, we really try to make it a guidebook for, hey, this is what you do in these situations. So to have an overview, but then also to be able to have it sitting handy for when you're actually in the mess with an individual or, you know, with a couple, when you're actually walking with someone, it's like, yeah, I know that there's a process. I remember we start with victims. I'm not really quite sure what we do then be able to come back yeah. to the book and use it in that way in the you know in the deeper muck and mire of daily soul care but i think it would be great if churches use this as a training resource i've done trainings in churches with home group leaders and so forth so helpful and they always end up coming back and going man we would not have responded to this in the right way if we hadn't known the things that we know because it is just a little different right it's not normal relational sin, as you know, because you, yeah. you've been exposed to a lot of training yeah. in this area. And so just helping people kind of make that click over that paradigm shift, if you will, into like, um, 
this is how you handle this. And it yeah. is different from a lot of other types of sin, if you will. No, it was really good. Um, yeah. So again, there's, there's several books in the domestic abuse world. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's some, there's some spillover in a lot of it, but sure. each, each book is accomplishing something specific. Um, and, and I think, you know, what you and Jeremy have done in this particular book, um, has really, um, obviously put the focus on the local church in such a way, uh, where, because this is, this, you know, obviously in every church, we, the, one of the, the part of the ethos of the local church is obviously we, we want to have, I mean, you look at the billboards for churches, they, you know, it's trying to push this idea of family, we're a family and all this kind of stuff. Well, the reality is we portray we're all family, but there's a lot of things going on within the family right. that need to be addressed, could be addressed, but nobody wants to talk about it. And this book helps that process. Every family has that uh, uncle or whatever that you <laughs> yeah. kind of dread seeing at Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? You know, yeah. or, or the yeah. just the baggage, you know, the relational baggage or whatever that they bring in. And so absolutely, yes, we, that's what we're hoping that this will be a resource for. And then you know, we haven't talked yet about that third section, but I want to give just a little bit of time to that as well. Just, you know, we also, like I said, it's a longer term, it's a longer term thing that you're, that you're in for when you're working with either a victim or a perpetrator in terms of domestic abuse. So, you know, the goal in working with the victim is to be able to help her long-term with the trauma that she has as a result of having been in an abusive relationship. So we devote um, significant time just to the topic of trauma and to basically what that process looks like. We're not, this is not a book on trauma care for sure, but it is a book for trauma for uh, pastors and caregivers um, and, and people, friends and family and people in the local church just to have an idea. Okay, there is trauma. This is what trauma looks like. This is what we can expect. And this is what this uh, victim is probably going to need in yeah. terms of care. And then we do the same thing with the perpetrator. For And there, obviously, with the perpetrator, the idea of care is repentance, right? I mean, we it, it's really correction for the perpetrator. Like, he needs to repent, not necessarily to get his marriage back, which is, we've talked about this. Before, Usually they're, right? that's their goal. That's often the goal initially, right? But but real repentance is, you know, reconciliation with God, right? So I want to primarily be reconciled with the Lord because I have hurt my wife and potentially my children in really devastated ways, devastating ways. I've created trauma yeah. in their lives and I need to let them go through their healing process. I need to go through mine. Sometimes we have to take a trauma-informed perspective, yeah. even of the perpetrator, because it's often... The the case that he may have trauma in his background, which is why he is repeating the cycle. Yeah. And, you know, we would like that man to be able to end the cycle and he can, but the only way that he can end the cycle is he's going to have to repent. And we outline what that looks like. I've got a two page diagram uh, somewhere in, in that section that is uh, just, I think uh, we spent a lot of time, page 194 and 195 on like just what seeing and owning and hating and turning from your sin actually looks like in very specific ways. And so, again, what we're trying to uh, what we're trying to provide for the reader. Obviously, I've done a lot of training in this area, yeah. as has Moles and as has Darby and the other people that we know that that work in this area. And the question 
often comes back, well, so what does repentance actually look like? Like, how do we know that he is repenting, that he's in that process? And, you know, I mean, it's obviously, you've seen one case of abuse, you've seen one case, yeah. it's different in every situation. But what we wanted to provide is just some markers. Okay, so if you see these things, then now you can see that this person is actually seeing and acknowledging their sins. And then yeah. if you see these things, now they're owning their sins, which for me means that they're not minimizing and denying and blaming it. You know, they're, they're, they're taking ownership. They're saying, I did this, you know, rather than blaming it on the other person. And then they're hating their sin appropriately, yeah. which, you know, we'll be growing and hating our sin until yeah. Jesus comes back. Yeah. None of us do that perfectly. Yeah. But we want to hate our sin more and more because God hates our sin. And that's ultimately the only way we're going to change. But I think what's what's cool about what, you, what you've, you know, obviously captured with this diagram on that page is, you know, this is a, this is a biblical theology of sin. Right. And even systematically where it's one thing where, you know, to, to your point, Greg, where, you know, th- this side of heaven, man, we're, we're I mean, the sanctifying process of, you know, yep. our entire lives learning to hate our sin, not just our sin, but the extent of our sin, the right. depth of our sin. Right. And I think that's probably one of the things, because to your point, the perpetrator, he's seeing that the the trauma that he's, in, you know, inducing in, you know, to, to his wife, the kids, whatever the context is. But what he's but what's really not being understood is it's one thing to hate the action yes. of your sin. It's another thing to see the depth of your pride and in your pride wanting to control and obtain. That's right. And all of a sudden, it, so it, it is it is a process. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just something, just lastly, if I could, yeah, uh, before we wrap up here, Greg, is there's um, kind of like in, in that last section there, um, just kind of want to speak um you know, for, for our pastors and people who are like, okay, I, I get it. I'm, I'm hearing you. Uh, but what does that look like? So in the book, okay, you're going to give us a, sort of some sort of a plan. Yeah. Uh, but like on page 149, for example, um, you know, it's still within the, the, you know, from victim to overcomer, but you, you mentioned, you know, obviously there, there's a process for the perpetrator. There's a process for That's right. the victim and for the perpetrator, you know, there's the idea of, you kind of get into the idea of shepherding and accountability, yeah. uh, but then you also need for the, for the victim, you need, you need an advocate. Absolutely. And how does the church participate in that process? Yeah. That's great. Thanks for asking about that. Yeah. So uh, the victim also has a process for sure. And again, what her process is healing from her trauma, right? Mm. Which is a significant process. She needs an advocate because uh, she has not been successful in this relationship in being able to use her voice. Her voice has been silenced. I mean, that's what abuse does, right? And so she has not been able to use her voice. She needs an advocate. She needs someone who will help her speak for the things that she needs, who will help her um, regain, if you will, the agency that is due someone who is an image bearer of God, right? And so she needs an advocate. She probably needs an experience. Well, she definitely needs an experienced, trained counselor herself. At this point in the process, uh, usually, at least initially, we are recommending that the, the victim have her own, uh, counselor and a a separate advocate, and then that the perpetrator have a shepherding team and his own counselor or group or whatever, you know, whatever he's, he's using. We talked about several different approaches uh, to, to get 
through that repentance process that he yeah. needs to work through. Uh, but for the victim, she's definitely going to need, a, and we have several here at the conference, as you know, uh, we have a whole track mm-hmm. on trauma, which is yep. fantastic. Uh, but she's going to need uh, a trauma-informed, a trauma-specialized counselor and an advocate who understands trauma, who can yeah. help her get the resources that she needs um, and care for herself. And actually, like I said, be her voice yeah. during that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, we, this is a whole nother level of discipleship. It is, you know, to it use is. that vernacular. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it is, you know, in the context of, of biblical vernacular, it, yeah. it, it, that's what it is. And, and I think that's, I think that's super helpful, um, to, to kind of highlight in closing this, this particular podcast on domestic abuse is, you know, oftentimes in the churches, we see these sorts of, um, situations is somehow out of the scope of the gospel. Yeah. And that it needs to be, it doesn't mean to, to your point a moment ago, it doesn't mean that they're, they're, you know, yes, yes, there, there could be help with, um, professionals and specialized help, of right. course, but it's not a, it's not a handoff at that point. It's That's right. the, the gospel is still relevant. Um, absolutely and being involved in the local church is still relevant. Uh, soul care is still relevant. That's right. Um, so it's a, it's, it's an in tandem. It's a both. Absolutely. And it's not an either or. That's right. Um, so again, this is a huge encouragement. Um, and you know, these guys have done just a trailblazing job on uh, really getting into the, the the fuller scope and nature of yeah. um, domestic abuse, the impact that it has, obviously, on um, the family, mm. uh, which is a sphere of of dominance and 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 like th- these. This is an institution that God has made. Yeah. You know, the three spheres, right? You've got family, which was the first institution. You've got That's the right. church, and you've got the government. That's right. Right. So there's you got these three spheres, and the enemy is doing everything he can. To, and to dismantle, yeah, and but primarily, yeah. his focus is he's using the sphere of government to impede on the foundation of the family, which was the mm-hmm. first foundation that God made. So make no mistake, this absolutely is a spiritual reality in yeah. battle, and uh, the gospel is at the forefront of this. It's, it doesn't, it's not, it's not compartmentalized. It's not that's right, separated. Uh, so I, yeah, ooh, oh, the I, I got like speaks so strongly to, yeah. to this, to yeah, yeah, to abuse, to trauma, to power and control, all that thing, all that yep. stuff. Uh, the, the gospel and the scriptures yep. speak so strong, strongly yeah. to all that. Yeah. And, and so again, Greg, thank you for this work yep. and, uh, Jeremy and both of you collaborating to, uh, to, to compile this, uh, this good work on when home hurts, a guide to, uh, for responsible, excuse me, a guide for responding wisely to domestic abuse yep. in your church, our church, uh, pastor, your church, uh, make right. no mistake. It's, it's your there. Church. It's there. It's yeah. It just hasn't been exposed. That's um, right. and these, these this book specifically and others will will certainly help you um, bring that to the surface um, through one victim and perpetrator at a time. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks Thanks for for listening. All right.